What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, Illinois state lawmakers are back in Springfield starting tomorrow, kicking off a six-day fall session, the last one before the new year. And y'all, they got a lot to talk about. So we called our favorite state correspondent, WTTW's Amanda Venicky, to help us make sense of it all. It's Monday, October 23rd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Amanda Vinicky, welcome back to CityCast Chicago. Thanks for having me. I am always glad to be back. Amanda, the General Assembly will meet between October 24th and 26th, and then from November 7th to November 9th. So they're meeting for six days over the course of three weeks. What's the purpose of these last few weeks? The purpose of the veto session is just that. This is to enact on any legislation that the governor used his veto pen on. And Illinois either has an outright veto or what's called an amendatory veto, really where you can edit legislation if you're the governor. And so this is the opportunity for the legislature to decide, yeah, we're going to accept those changes. We are going to agree with the governor and totally reject the bill and prevent it from coming law or whether they want to override the recommendations of the governor. And so really, when you think about it, it makes sense. There's sort of a pause. All the legislation is passed uh, in the spring, and then the governor has a window to sign it into law or take one of these veto actions. And then there's an opportunity for lawmakers to sort of pause, think it over, decide what course of action to take. And so that happens throughout really the summer, all of those things. And then come fall is when they return for the veto session to make these decisions. That's ahead of the regular session, which typically begins in January. So that's really the pace of things. I, I will add that generally, you don't get a ton of vetoes, at least we haven't in recent years. Mm-hmm. And that's because, well, I mean, it makes sense, right? You have really There's a democratic supermajority. Exactly. Democratic supermajority and also a Democrat in the governor's office. We do this year have a handful. And by the way, the legislature is not limited to acting on these vetoes. They could bring up more legislation. I was going to ask, I was like, is there any new legislation that like, can you bring new, new legislation during this six day period? You, you can. And the legislative leaders really try to keep a lid on that. It is only six days, so not a lot of time. And that's not what this is for. But sure, this is an opportunity if you have something that immediately needs to be dealt with, uh, or at least before January. But most bills take months to pass. This is just a six-day window. But yeah, it, it is an opportunity for any priority or a more immediate need or anything that maybe 
didn't get done during the spring and legislators who either have the power or maybe um, a loud enough voice to make a lot of commotion about it for them to do so. Are there plans to increase funding for Chicago and other cities managing the growing number of migrants and asylum seekers? Chicago is close to 19 thousand people uh, that have arrived. Is is there any chance that legislators are going to increase how much money they're doling out to to local cities? For such a complicated issue, I have a really short answer. Let's go with two letters. N-O. No. There are Mm. no such plans, Jacoby. It is something where there's certainly pressure from city officials on state lawmakers and on Governor J.B. Pritzker to do more. They want state intervention, and often often by intervention, what they really mean is money. Um, You you talk to folks on the state side, they say, yeah, kind of try politely and quietly that they're not necessarily impressed with how Chicago has been handling it thus far in using the funds that have already been sent. And then really, the, the, the bulk of it is that there isn't this money. So um, you're, you're seeing this, I think, play out, including in just um, demonstrations or in some lawsuits even by Chicago residents who say, hey, wait a second, we are don't want additional money going to these newcomers when there's already so much unmet need, particularly in disinvested communities in Chicago. Where, where is this going? And so that is both a practical and a political concern for legislators who themselves are looking ahead to an election. And as they are doing so, state legislators don't want to get any more involved in this migrant issue that is this political pickle for them. And so, no, you're you're not going to see there be action. Maybe some noise about it. It's not just me saying that. It's it's the governor and the House Speaker who've been pretty upfront and pretty forward about saying, no, that's not on our agenda. It kind of feels like the rhetoric used by Texas and Florida governors has in some ways given Pritzker a slight cover because they have explicitly targeted sanctuary cities and the mayors of those cities. So a la Brandon Johnson, whereas they're not saying Illinois is a sanctuary state. So we're just going to send migrants to to Illinois. And so it feels like Pritzker has allowed Brandon Johnson to be the face of that response coming out of Illinois and Chicago. Johnson and Pritzker to this point have said all the right things, but like you said, Illinois officials are can, you know, maybe have questions about how Chicago is spending the money. Pritzker came out and said he doesn't necessarily agree with the plan for the the base camps in neighborhoods. And Johnson responded, Well, send me more money. Send me, you know, these state buildings and federal buildings we can be housing people. Is, is this going to be the thing you think splits? you know, Chicago and, and Springfield even further? It is going to fracture a lot of relationships, not just this one. And that is because there are no easy answers. And so it's easier for everybody to go along, get along when you're flush with cash. During the, the past recent years, during the pandemic, when you had a lot of aid flowing from the federal government, there isn't that aid. It's all stopping. It, it, the, the federal government isn't sending huge checks to deal with this, which would make everything a lot easier to put a smile on your face and say, hey, we're, we're presenting a united front. And so it, it could be part of it. We saw, I mean, I, I think there are clearly some other uh issues between Johnson and Pritzker from their points of view and their agendas. Johnson clearly taking a more pro- progressive tact, and that could 
present a challenge for Pritzker, as thus far he's really been able to sort of walk the line between being a pragmatic governor, as he has sort of liked to take on that mantle, who's also progressive and pleasing to that portion of the Democratic Party. And as you've noted, it's really fomented intentionally, it appears, by the governors of Florida, and particularly by Greg Abbott in Texas, to say, hey, wait a second, we're going to aim it, make it a political issue for these Democratic cities, especially Chicago, as it is set to host the Democratic National Convention, and what bruises that might mean for President Joe Biden. Um, I think it also, you know, when you talk to folks from Texas, not that I do all the time, but when I cover these issues, I have tried to reach out to Abbott's office a time or two. And what you hear there is it's sort of a matter of calling the bluff of cities like Chicago, where you say, where they say, hey, wait, you want to be sanctuary. You want to take everybody in. Well, what do you think we're doing? You can't handle it. How do you think we are? Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. We know that Democrats have a supermajority. So going into this session, what do you think will be the number one priority for Republicans? Republicans certainly will be making noise, I would project, about changes to Illinois' gun law and in particular the assault weapons ban. Um or so-called assault weapons ban. That's something that critics take umbrage with. They say that many of the guns that are now limited or um, cannot be purchased per Illinois law should not be classified as such. So you'll, you'll hear some of that. Um, there are also those who support typically the, the assault weapons ban that are seeking further restrictions. Uh, you, you could say this really, however, deals with domestic violence victims. And so those who a judge has ordered should be protected by uh, some sort of legal protection. You also can have a judge determine what other restrictions go along with that, including that there the, these individuals be stripped really of their firearms. Up until now, though, Illinois has had a fairly loose procedure for actually taking those guns. So let's say that there is in a, somebody who a court has deemed to believe to be an abuser, um, or at least enough evidence that they, they might be such, that they shouldn't have a gun, but 
who's to say who's responsible for actually taking away those guns? So that's going to be a big push. Um, October is Domestic Violence Month. And so to say to, to really set up a procedure for taking guns from the home and forbidding also somebody who is covered by an order of protection from just saying, OK, hey, I don't own them, but I'll give them to my brother, my brother who maybe even lives with us. That that doesn't really do anything to protect the um, victim. So that's a big one. You also have the Speaker of the Illinois House, so that's a pretty important person, could try to move on a unionization effort by some of his staff. Um, it's really kind of an interesting thing to follow because Democrats, of course, closely aligned with labor. And yet you see that there are often the General Assembly makes exceptions for themselves. And so you don't have those who are part of the legislative staff or for that matter, uh, a lot of the um, receptionists and administrative staff able to unionize. And now there is an effort by some of those who work in Springfield for the Illinois House, in particular for the House Speaker, to say, hey, wait a second, we work really long hours. We look we're really hard. We want to be covered by some of these union protections. And and the culture that we know that exists around uh, political institutions is one of grind, grind, grind yourself down uh, as much as possible for the hope of, of climbing the ladder. So we, we know that Democrats have a super majority. She talked about a priority with the, the House Speaker and, and unionization efforts on the Hill. Uh, but what are some other major priorities for Democrats? The business community has some interest in trying to get protections for Illinois' um, biometric act. That really is one that we have seen businesses get in trouble for, as Illinois has some pretty strict codes and legal provisions. Yeah, we've seen Facebook settlements, Snapchat settlements, Google settlements that basically say these companies misuse private data. You don't mind when you get one of those checks, do you, Jacoby? Hell no. <laughs> I didn't probably got, what, $499 because they used my pictures bad. somewhere between 2010 and 2014 or something. But yes, because of Illinois' strict biometric privacy laws, we've seen multiple tech companies with million, multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar settlements. Uh, and, and so does that mean companies are now saying, hey, we understand the law, but it's being used in a way that, that we don't like. Y'all might need to reevaluate it. Exactly. And I guess I'm not sure how much sympathy there is for, say, you know, Meta uh, or X, but there might be some more for local Illinois businesses. And, and they believe that the law is sort of being misconstrued or at least is overly onerous. And so that is something that the business community had strived to get reined in during the spring session. Didn't happen. We saw that really being a contentious fight because Illinois is on the forefront of giving those privacy protections. There, there's a bit of bad blood on the negotiators on the opposite sides of that. But something that there are those who really say, hey, hey, Illinois needs to take control of this, saying now is the time to do it versus continuing to let it linger. I want to talk about a few more pieces of legislation that could have an impact um, right here in Chicago. Uh, one of them being the Bears. We've been living with this potential reality for years now that the Bears may uh, soon move themselves to Arlington Heights, but it seems like they will need to continue to secure funding. Is there going to be a, a funding measure brought up uh, during this session? There is not, Jacoby, as uh, I'm, I'm no football pro, but throwing a little bit of a sports lingo here, the Bears punted. 
they they are not going to they have been clear in saying that they are not going to pursue any sort of measure during this fall veto session. That's not to say they're not going to be back and asking for something during that spring session when they, there is more time to deal with this. As I noted, there is an election on the horizon. In my opinion, the, the Bears fumbled. They they had a flawed rollout from their approach in getting this legislation in the first place, and that's going to make it all the more difficult for them to, uh, you know, you know, get across the 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 finish line, get for them to be able to score in Springfield, if you will. I'll stop this. No, you did this, you did a great job. Thank it was a you, punt, thank you. Then they fumbled it. They 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 did not score. I should basically be a sports reporter, right? I know. Another huge thank you to WTTW state correspondent and CityCast 10-time guest, Amanda Vinicky. We appreciate you making time for us. Thank you. I really love talking with you. I love talking with anybody about politics, Jacoby, but especially you. I appreciate you. Before I let you go, have y'all been watching what's been happening with them bed bug outbreaks in Europe, particularly in France? Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Chicago was rated the bed buggiest this year by at least one exterminator. So if you want to learn what to do about these pests, head over to our website at chicago.citycast.fm. That's also where you can subscribe to our Hey Chicago newsletter and catch up on podcast episodes you miss. Of course, I'm going to leave you with some good news. Tonight, our friends at the Tribe are celebrating the release of their updated 2023 Tribe Guide at Haymarket House in Uptown. To learn more about the work the Tribe does and to see their most recent Tribe Guide, check out our show notes. As always, we appreciate you for reading and listening. We'll be back with you bright and early tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Peace.